Hi there, it's Nana. I'm back, and here I am in the old log house, and I'm ready to read you the rest of the book about the adventures of Danny Meadow Mouse. So this episode might be a little bit longer, but I think it's time to finish this story and move on to our next one. So, Peter Rabbit, when we left him at the end of chapter 15, he was in the old stone wall, safe from Bowser the Hound, but he was a long way from home. So let's see what happens to Peter Rabbit and, of course, Danny Meadow Mouse. All right. Chapter 16, Peter Rabbit's Hard Journey. Peter Rabbit sat in the old stone wall along one side of Farmer Brown's orchard, waiting for Mrs. Moon to put out her light and leave the world in darkness until jolly red, round red Mr. Sun could kick off his rosy bedclothes and begin his daily climb up into the blue, blue sky. In the winter, Mr. Sun is a late sleeper, and Peter knew that there would be two or three hours after Mrs. Moon put out her light when it would be quite dark. And Peter also knew that by this time Hooty the Owl would probably have caught his dinner. So would old Granny Fox and Reddy Fox. Bowser the Hound would be too sleepy to be on the watch, it would be the very safest time for Peter to try to get to his home in the dear old briar patch. So Peter waited and waited. Twice Bowser the Hound, who had chased him into the old wall, came over and barked at him and tried to get at him. But the old wall kept Peter safe and Bowser gave it up. And all the time Peter sat waiting, he was in great pain. You see, that shiny wire was drawn so tight that it cut into his flesh and hurt dreadfully. And to the other end of the wire was fastened a piece of wood, part of the stake to which the snare had been made fast and which Peter had managed to gnaw and break off. It was on account of this that Peter was waiting for Mrs. Moon to put out her light. He knew that with that stake dragging after him, he would have to go very slowly and he could not run any more risk of danger than he actually had to. So he waited and waited, and by and by, sure enough, Mrs. Moon put out her light. Peter waited a little longer, listening with all his might. Everything was still. Then Peter crept out of the old stone wall. Right away, trouble began. The stake dragging at the end of the wire fast to his leg caught among the stones and pulled Peter up short. Oh my, how it did hurt. Oh, it made the tears come. But Peter shut his teeth hard and turning back, he worked until he got the stake free. Then he started on once more, dragging the stake after him. Very slowly across the orchard and under the fence on the other side crept Peter Rabbit, his leg so stiff and sore that he could hardly touch it to the snow and all the time dragging that piece of stake, which seemed to grow heavier and heavier to drag behind every minute. 
Peter did not dare go out across the open fields for fear of some danger might happen, for fear some danger might happen along, and he would have no place to hide. So he crept along close to the fences where bushes grow, and this made it very hard, very hard, for the dragging stake was forever catching in the bushes with a yank at the sore leg, which brought Peter up short with a ooh, squeal of pain. This was bad enough, but all the time Peter was filled with a dreadful fear that Hooty the Owl or Granny Fox might just happen along. He had to stop to rest very, very often, and then he would listen and listen. Over and over, he said to himself, Oh dear, whatever did, whatever did I go up to the young peach orchard for when I knew I had no business there? Why, I couldn't. Why couldn't I have been content with all the good things that are mine in the green forest and on the green meadows? Oh dear. Just as jolly, round, red Mr. Sun began to light up the green meadows, Peter Rabbit reached the dear old briar patch. Danny Meadow Mouse was sitting on the edge of it, anxiously watching for him. Peter crawled up and started to creep in along one of his little private paths. He got in himself, but the dragging stake caught among the brambles. And Peter just fell down in the snow right where he was, too tired and worn out to move. Chapter 617. Danny Meadowmouse Becomes Worried. Danny Meadowmouse limped around through the door, through the dear old briar patch, where he had lived with Peter Rabbit ever since he had squirmed out of the claws of Hooty the Owl and dropped there, right at the feet of Peter Rabbit. Danny limped because he was still lame and sore from Hooty's terrible claws, but he didn't let himself think much about that because he was so thankful to be alive at all. So he limped around in the old briar patch, picking up seed which had fallen on the snow and sometimes pulling down a few of the red berries which clung all winter to the wild rose bushes. The seeds in these were very nice indeed, and Danny always felt especially good after a meal of them. Danny Meadowmouse had grown very fond of Peter Rabbit, for Peter had been very, very good to him. Danny felt that he never, never could repay all of Peter's kindness. It had been very good of Peter to offer to share the old briar patch with Danny, because Danny was so far from his own home that it would not be safe for him to try to get back there. But Peter had done more than that. He had taken care of Danny, such good care, during the first few days after Danny's escape from Hooty the Owl. He had brought good things to eat while Danny was too weak and sore to get things for himself. Oh, Peter. Peter had been very good to him indeed. But now, as Danny limped around, he was not happy. No, sir, he was not happy. The truth is, Danny Meadowmouse was worried. It was a different kind of worry from any he had known before. You see, for the first time in his life, Danny was worrying about someone else. He was worrying about Peter Rabbit. Peter had been gone from the old briar patch a whole night and a whole day. 
He often was gone all night, but never all day, too. Danny was sure that something had happened to Peter. He thought of how he had begged Peter not to go up to Farmer Brown's young peach orchard. He had felt in his bones that it was not safe, that something dreadful would happen to Peter. Oh, how Peter had laughed at him and bravely started off. Why hadn't he come home? As he limped around, Danny talked to himself. Why cannot people be content with all the good things that are sent and mind their own affairs at home instead of going forth to roam? It was now the second night since Peter Rabbit had gone away. Danny Meadow Mouse couldn't sleep at all. Round and round through the old briar patch he limped and finally sat down at the edge of it to wait and watch. At last, just as jolly round red, Mr. Sun sent his first long rays of light across the green meadows, Danny saw something crawling towards the old briar patch. He rubbed his eyes and looked again. It, it was... No, no, it couldn't be. Yes, it was Peter Rabbit. But what was the matter with him? Always before Peter had come home, lipperty-lipperty-lip, but now he was crawling, actually crawling. Danny Meadow Mouse didn't know what to make of it. Nearer and nearer came Peter. Something was following him. No, no, Peter was dragging something after him. At last, Peter started to crawl along one of his little private paths into the old briar patch. The thing dragging behind caught in the brambles, and Peter fell headlong in the snow, too tired and worn out to move. Then Danny saw what the trouble was. A wire was fast to one of Peter's hind, long hind legs, and to the other end of the wire was fastened part of a stake. Peter had been caught in a snare. Danny hurried over to Peter, and tears stood in his eyes. Oh, Peter Rabbit. Oh, I'm so sorry, Peter, he whispered. Chapter 18 Danny Meadow Mouse Returns a Kindness there Peter Rabbit lay. He had dragged that piece of stake a long way, a very long way indeed. But now he could drag it no further, for it had caught in the bramble bushes. So Peter just dropped on the snow and cried. Yes, sir, he cried. You see, he was so tired and worn out and frightened, and his leg was so stiff and sore and hurt him so. And then it was so dreadful to actually get home and be stopped right at your very own doorstep. So Peter just lay there and cried. Just supposing old Granny Fox should come poking around and find Peter caught that way. All she would have to do would be get hold of that hateful stake caught in the bramble bushes and pull Peter out where she could get him. Do you wonder that Peter cried? Hmm. By and by, he became aware that someone was wiping away his tears. It was Danny Meadow Mouse, and Danny was singing in a funny little voice. 
Pretty soon, Peter stopped crying and listened, and this is what he heard. It is not any use to cry, not a bit, not a bit. Wipe your eyes and wipe them dry, use your wit, use your wit. Just remember that tomorrow never brings a single sorrow. Yesterday has gone forever, and tomorrow gets here never. Chase your worries all away, nothing's worse than just today. Peter smiled, in spite of himself. That's right, that's right. Smile away, Peter Rabbit, smile away. Your troubles, sir, are all today. And between you and me, I don't believe they are so bad as you think they are. Now you lie just where you are, and I will go and see what can be done. With that, off whisked Danny Meadow Mouse as spry as you please in spite of his lame leg, and in a few minutes, Peter knew by little twitches of the wire on his leg that Danny was doing something at the other end. He was. Danny Meadowmouse had set out to, to gnaw that piece of steak all to splinters. So there he sat and gnawed and gnawed and gnawed. Jolly round red Mr. Sun climbed higher and higher in the sky and Danny Meadowmouse grew hungry. But still, he kept right on gnawing at that bothersome snake, steak. By and by, happening to look across the snow-covered green meadows, he saw something that made his heart jump. Oh, it was Farmer Brown's boy coming straight over towards the dear old briar patch. Danny didn't say a word to Peter Rabbit, but gnawed faster than ever. Farmer Brown's boy was almost there when Danny stopped gnawing. There was only a tiny bit of the stake left now, and Danny hurried to tell Peter Rabbit that there was nothing to stop him now from going to his most secret retreat in the very heart of the old briar patch. While Peter slowly dragged his way along, Danny trotted behind to see that the wire did not catch on the bushes. They had safely reached Peter Rabbit's secretest retreat when Farmer Brown's boy came up to the edge of the dear old briar patch. So, this is where that rabbit that killed our peach tree lives, said he. Hmm, we'll try a few snares and put you out of mischief. And for the rest of the afternoon, Farmer Brown's boy was very busy around the edge of the old briar patch. Chapter 19. Peter Rabbit and Danny Meadow Mouse live high. Peter Rabbit sat in his, his secretest place in the dear old briar patch with one of his long hind legs all swelled up and terribly sore because of the fine wire fast around it and cutting into it. He could hear Farmer Brown's boy going around on the edge of the old briar patch and stopping every little while to do something. In spite of his pain, Peter was curious. 
Finally, he called Danny Meadow Mouse. Danny, you are small and can keep out of sight easier than I can. Go as near as ever you dare to Farmer Brown's boy and find out what he's doing, said Peter Rabbit. So Danny Meadow Mouse crept out as near to Farmer Brown's boy as ever he dared and studied and studied to make out what Farmer Brown's boy was doing. By and by, he returned to Peter Rabbit. I don't know what he's doing, Peter, but he's putting something in every one of your private little paths leading from the green meadows. Ha, said Peter Rabbit. There are little loops of that queer stuff you've got hanging to your leg, Peter, continued Danny Meadow Mouse. Just so, said Peter Rabbit. And he's put cabbage leaves and pieces of apple all around, said Danny. We must be careful, said Peter Rabbit. Peter's leg was in a very bad way indeed, and Peter suffered a great deal of pain. The worst of it was he didn't know how to get the wire off that was cutting into it, so he had tried to cut the wire with his big teeth, but he couldn't do it. Danny Meadow Mouse had tried and tried to gnaw the wire, but it wasn't the least bit of use. But Danny wasn't easily discouraged, and he kept working and working at it. Once, once he thought, he felt it slip a little. He said nothing, but kept right on working. Pretty soon he was sure it had slipped. He went right on working harder than ever. By and by, he had it so loose that he slipped it right off of Peter's leg. And Peter didn't know anything about it. Oh, you see, that cruel wire snare had been so tight that Peter didn't have any feeling except for pain left in his leg. And so when Danny Meadow Mouse pulled the cruel wire off, Peter didn't know it until Danny held it up in front of him. My, how thankful Peter was and how he did thank Danny Meadow Mouse. But Danny said that it was nothing at all, just nothing at all, and that he owed more than that to Peter Rabbit for being so good to him and for letting him live in the dear old briar patch. It was a long time before Peter could hop as he used to, but after the first day, he managed to get around. He found that Farmer Brown's boy had spread those miserable wire snares in every one of his little private paths. But Peter knew where they were now. He showed Danny Meadow Mouse how he, because he was so small, could safely run around among the stairs and steal all the cabbage leaves and apples, which Farmer Brown's boy had put there for bait. Danny Meadow Mouse thought this great fun and a great joke on Farmer Brown's boy. So every day he stole the bait and he and Peter Rabbit lived high. Well, Peter's leg was getting well. And all the time Farmer Brown's boy wondered and wondered why he couldn't catch Peter Rabbit. Chapter 20 Timid Danny Meadow Mouse. Danny Meadow Mouse is timid. Everybody says so, and what everybody says ought to be so. But just as anybody can make a mistake sometimes, so can everybody. Still, in this case, it is quite likely that everybody is right. Danny Meadow Mouse is timid. Ask Peter Rabbit. 
ask Sammy J, ask Striped Chipmunk. They will all tell you the same thing. Sammy J might even tell you that Danny is afraid of his own shadow or that he tries to run away from his own tail. Of course, this isn't true. Sammy J likes to say mean things. It isn't fair to Danny Meadow Mouse to believe what Sammy J says. But the fact is, Danny certainly is timid. More than this, he isn't ashamed of it, not the least little bit. You see, it's this way, said Danny, as he sat on his doorstep one sunny morning talking to his friend old Mr. Toad. If I weren't afraid, I wouldn't be all the time watching out. And if I weren't all the time watching out, I wouldn't have any more chance than that foolish red ant running across in front of you. Old Mr. Toad looked where Danny was pointing and his tongue darted out and back again so quickly that Danny wasn't sure that he saw it at all. But when he looked for the ant, it was nowhere to be seen. And there was a satisfied twinkle in Mr. Toad's eyes. There was an answering twinkle in Danny's own eyes as he continued. No, sir, said he. I wouldn't stand a particle more chance than that foolish ant did. Now, if I were big and strong like old man Coyote, or that's, or had swift wings like Skimmer the Swallow, or were so homely and ugly looking like that, so no one wanted me like, like, Danny hesitated and then finished rather lamely, um, uh, like, like some folks I know, I suppose I wouldn't be afraid. Old Mr. Toad looked up sharply when Danny mentioned homely and ugly-looking people, but Danny was gazing far out across the green meadows and looked so innocent that Mr. Toad concluded that he couldn't have had him in mind. Well, said he, thoughtfully scratching his nose, I suppose you may be right, but for my part, fear seems a very foolish thing. Now, I don't know what it is. I am I my own business, and no one ever bothers me. I should think it would be a very uncomfortable feeling. It is, replied Danny. But, as I said before, it's a very good thing to keep one on guard when there are so many watching for one as there are for me. Now, there's Mr. Blacksnake, and where, where, exclaimed old Mr. Toad, turning as pale as a toad can turn and looking uneasily and anxiously in every direction. Danny turned his head to smile. If old Mr. Toad wasn't showing fear, no one ever did. Oh, oh, I didn't mean he was anywhere around here now. What I was going to say was that there is Mr. Blacksnake and Granny Fox and Reddy Fox and Redtail the Hawk and Hooty the Owl and others I might name always watching for a chance to make a dinner from, from poor little me. Do you wonder that I'm afraid most of the time? No, replied old Mr. Toad. No, I don't wonder that you are afraid. It must be dreadful to feel hungry eyes are watching for you every minute of the day and night, too. Oh, it's not so bad, replied Danny. It's rather exciting. Besides, it keeps my wits sharp all the time. I am afraid I should find life very dull indeed if... Like you, I feared nothing and nobody. By the way, see how queerly that grass is moving over there. It looks as if Mr. Blacksnake... Oh, why, Mr. Toad, where are you going in such a hurry? Um, I, I, I've just remembered an important engagement with my cousin, Grandfather Frog, at the Smiling Pool, 
shouted old Mr. Toad over his shoulder. As he hurried, so he fell over his own feet. Danny chuckled as he sat alone on his doorstep. Oh, no, old Mr. Toad doesn't know what fear is, said he. Funny how some people won't admit what everybody can see for themselves. Now, I am afraid, and I'm willing to say so. Chapter 21 An Exciting Day for Danny Meadow Mouse Danny Meadow Mouse started along one of his private little paths very early one morning. He was on his way to get a supply of a certain kind of grass seed, of which he was very fond. He had been thinking about that seed for some time and waiting for it to get ripe. Now it was just right, as he had found out the day before by a visit to the place where this particular grass grew. The only trouble was it grew a long way from Danny's home, and to reach it, he had to cross an open space where the grass was so short that he couldn't make a path under it. I feel it in my bones that this is going to be an exciting day, said Danny as he trotted along. I suppose that if I were really wise, I would stay nearer home and do without that nice seed, but... Nothing is really worth having unless it's worth working for, and that seed will taste all the better if I have hard work getting it. So he trotted along his private little path, his ears wide open and his eyes wide open, and his little nose carefully testing every merry little breeze who happened along for any scent of danger which it might carry. Most of all, he depended upon his ears for the grass was so tall that he couldn't see over it even when he sat up. He had gone only a little way when he thought he heard a queer rustling behind him. He stopped to listen. There it was again, and it certainly was right in the path behind him. He didn't need to be told who was making it. There was only one who could make such a sound as that, Mr. Blacksnake. Now, Danny can run very fast along his private little paths, but he knew that Mr. Blacksnake could run faster. If my legs can't save me, my wits must, thought Danny as he started to run as fast as ever he could. I must reach that fallen old hollow fence post. He was almost out of breath when he reached the post and scurried into the open end. He knew by the sound of the rustling that Mr. Blacksnake was right on his heels. Now, the old post was hollow its whole length, but halfway there, there was an old knot hole just big enough for Danny to squeeze through. Mr. Blacksnake didn't know anything about that hole, and because it was dark inside the old post, he didn't see Danny pop through it. Danny ran back along the top of the long and was log and was just in time to see the tip of Mr. Blacksnake's tail disappear inside. Then what do you think Danny did? Why, he followed Mr. Blacksnake right into the old post. But in doing it, he didn't make the least bit of noise. Mr. Blacksnake kept right on through the old post and out the other end, for he was sure that that was the way Danny had gone. He kept right on along the little path. 
Now Danny knew that he wouldn't go very far before he found out he'd been fooled, and of course he would come back. So Danny waited only long enough to get his breath and then ran back along the path to where another little path branched off. For just a minute, he paused. Mr. Blacksnake follows me. He will be sure to think that of course I have taken this other little path, thought Danny. Hmm, so I won't do it. Then he ran harder than ever until he came to a place where two little paths branched off, one to the right and one to the left. He took the ladder and scampered on, made sure that by this time Mr. Blacksnake would be so badly fooled that he would give up the chase. And Danny was right. Brains are better far than speed, as wise men long ago agreed, said Danny, as he trotted on his way for the grass seed he liked so well. I felt it in my bones that this would be an exciting day. Hmm, I wonder what next. Chapter 22. What happened next to Danny Meadowmouse? Danny is so used to narrow escapes that he doesn't waste any time thinking about them. He didn't this time. He who tries to look two ways at once is pretty sure to see nothing, says Danny. And he knew that if he thought too much about the things that had already happened, he couldn't keep a sharp watch for the things that might happen. Nothing more happened as he hurried along his private little path to the edge of a great patch of grass, so short he couldn't hide under it. He had got to cross this, and all the way he would be in plain sight of anyone who happened to be near. Very cautiously, he peeped out and looked this way and looked that way, not forgetting to look up in the sky. He could see no one anywhere. Drawing a long breath, Danny started across the open place as fast as his short legs could take him. Now, all the time, Redtail the hawk had been sitting in a tree some distance away, sitting so still that he looked like a part of the tree itself. That is why Danny hadn't seen him. But Redtail saw Danny the instant he started across the open place for Redtail's eyes are very keen and he can see a great distance. With a satisfied chuckle, he spread his broad wings and started after Danny. Just about halfway to the safety of the long grass on the other side, Danny gave a hurried look behind him and his heart seemed to jump right into his mouth. For there was Redtail with his cruel claws ready set to seize him. Oh, Danny gave a frightened squeak, for he thought that surely this time he would be caught. But he didn't mean to give up without trying to escape. Three jumps ahead of him was a queer-looking thing. He didn't know what it was, but if there was a hole in it, he might fool Redtail. One jump. Was he able to reach it? Two jumps. There was a hole in it. Three jumps. With another frightened squeak, Danny dived into the opening just in time. And what do you think he was in? Why, an old tomato can Farmer Brown's boy had once used to carry bait in when he went fishing at the Smiling Pool. He had dropped it on his way home. 
Redtail screamed with rage and disappointment as he struck the old can with his great claws. He had been sure, very sure, of Danny Meadowmouse this time. He tried to pick the can up, but he couldn't get hold of it. It just rolled away from him every time, try as he would. Finally, in disgust, he gave up and flew back to the tree from which he had first seen Danny. Of course, Danny had been terribly frightened when the can rolled and by the noise of the claws of Redtail made when they struck his queer little hiding place. But he wisely decided that the best thing he could do was to stay there for a while. And it was very fortunate that he did so, as he was very soon to find out. Chapter 23. Reddy Fox Grows Curious. Danny Meadow Mouse had sat perfectly still for a long time inside the old tomato can in which he had found a refuge from Redtail the Hawk. He didn't dare so much as put his head out for a look around, lest Redtail should be circling overhead ready to pounce on him. If I stay here long enough, he'll get tired and go away if he hasn't already, thought Danny. This, whew, this has been a pretty exciting morning so far, and I find that I am a little tired. I may as well take a nap while I'm waiting to make sure the way is clear. With that, Danny curled up in the old tomato can. <laughs> but it wasn't meant that Danny should have a nap. He had closed his eyes, but his ears were still open, and presently he heard soft footsteps drawing near. His eyes flew open and he forgot all about sleep. You may be sure, for those footsteps sounded familiar. They sounded to Danny very much like the footsteps of, whom do you think? Why, Reddy Fox. Danny's heart began to beat faster as he listened. Could it be? Ooh, he didn't dare peep out. Presently, a little whiff of scent blew into the old tomato can. Then Danny knew. It was Reddy Fox. Oh dear, I hope he doesn't find that I'm in here, thought Danny. I wonder what under the sun has brought him up here just now. If the truth were to be known, it was curiosity that had brought Reddy up there. Reddy had been hunting for his breakfast some distance away on the green meadows when Red Tail the hawk had tried so hard to catch Danny Metamos. Reddy's sharp eyes had seen Redtail the minute he left the tree in pursuit of Danny, and he had known by the way Redtail flew that he saw something that he wanted to catch. He had seen Redtail swoop down and had heard his scream of rage when he missed Danny because Danny had dodged into the old tomato can. He had seen Redtail strike and strike again at something on the ground and finally fly off in disgust with empty claws. Hmm, now I wonder what it was that Redtail was after and why he didn't get it, thought Reddy. He acts terribly put out, disappointed. Hmm, I believe I'll go over there and find out. Off he started at a smart trot towards the patch of short grass where he was sure he had seen Redtail the hawk striking at something on the ground. As he drew near, he crept very softly until he reached the very edge of the open patch. 
There he stopped and looked sharply all over it. There was nothing to be seen but an old tomato can. Reddy had seen it many times before. Now what under the sun could Redtail have been after here, thought Reddy. Grass isn't long enough for a grasshopper to hide in, and yet Redtail didn't get what he was after. Hmm, it's very queer. Certainly is very queer. He trotted out and began to run back and forth with his nose to the ground, hoping that his nose would tell him what his eyes couldn't. Back and forth and back and forth he ran, and then suddenly he stopped. Ha! exclaimed Reddy. He had found the scent left by Danny Meadow Mouse when he ran across towards the old tomato can. Right up to the old tomato can, Reddy's nose led him. He hopped over the old can, but on the other side he could find no scent of Danny Meadow Mouse. In a flash, he understood, and a gleam of satisfaction shone in his yellow eyes as he turned back to the old can. He knew that Danny must be hiding in there. I've got you this time, he snarled as he sniffed at the opening in the end of the can. Chapter 14. No, 24. Chapter 24. Reddy Fox loses his temper. Reddy Fox had caught Danny Meadow Mouse, and yet he hadn't caught him. He had found Danny hiding in the old tomato can, and it didn't enter Reddy's head that he couldn't get Danny out when he wanted to. He was in no hurry. He had had a pretty good breakfast of grasshoppers, and so he thought he would torment Danny a while before gobbling him up. He lay down so that he could peep in at the open end of the old can and see Danny trying to make himself as small as possible at the other end. Reddy grinned until he showed all his long teeth. Reddy always is a bully, especially when his victim is a great deal smaller and weaker than himself. I've got you this time, Mr. Smarty, haven't I? taunted Reddy. Danny didn't say anything. You think you've been very clever because you have fooled me two or three times, don't you? Well, this time I've got you where your tricks won't work continued Reddy. So what are you going to do about it? Danny didn't answer. The fact is, he was too frightened to answer. Besides, he didn't know what he could do. So he just kept still until his bright eyes never once left Reddy's cruel face. For all his fright, Danny was doing some, some hard thinking. He had been in tight places before and had never and had learned never to give up hope. Something might happen to frighten Reddy away. Anyway, Reddy had got to get him out of that old can before he would admit that he was really caught. For a long time, Reddy lay there, licking his chops and saying all the things he could think of to frighten poor Danny Meadowmouse. At last, he grew tired of this and made up his mind that it was time to end it and Danny Meadowmouse at the same time. He thrust his sharp nose in at the opening of the old can, but the opening was too small for him to get more than his nose in, and he only scratched it on the sharp edges without so much as touching Danny. 
I'll pull you up, said Reddy, and thrust in one black paw. Danny promptly bit it so hard that Reddy yelped with pain and pulled it out again in a hurry. Presently, he tried again with the other paw. Danny bit this one harder still, and Reddy danced with pain and anger. Then he lost his temper completely. A very foolish thing to do, as it always is. He hit the old can, and away it rolled with Danny Metamouse inside. This seemed to make Reddy angrier than ever. He sprang after it and hit it again. Then he batted it first this way and then that way, growing angrier and angrier. And all the time, Danny Meadow Mouse managed to keep inside, although he did get a terrible shaking up. Back and forth across the patch of short grass, Reddy knocked the old can, and he was in such a rage that he didn't notice where he was knocking it to. Finally, he sent it spinning into the long grass on the far side of the open patch, close to one of Danny's private little paths. Like a flash, Danny was out and scurrying along the little path. He dodged into another and presently into a third, which brought him to a tangle of barbed wire left there by Farmer Brown when he had built the new fence. Under this... He was safe. Whew! exclaimed Danny, breathing very hard. Oh, that was the narrowest escape yet. But I guess I'll get that special grass seed I started out for after all. And he did. Well, to this day, Reddy Fox wonders how Danny got out of the old tomato can without him knowing it. And so you see what temper does for those who give it rain. It cheats them of the very thing they seek so hard to gain. Danny has had many more adventures, but there isn't room to tell about them here. Besides, Grandfather Frog is anxious that you should hear about the queer things that have happened to him. They are told in the next book. And that is the very end of the chapter book called The Adventures of Danny Meadowmouse. Now, the next book that I'll be reading is not about old Mr. Toad, but it is about Buster Bear. So come back next time for the first chapters of the book, The Adventures of Buster Bear by Thornton W. Burgess.